my section of this podcast is essentially the albums I first heard by The Fall when I was getting into them in 1988-ish. I was probably about 13. The Friends Experiment had this brilliant pop song on it, though, called Victoria. That's great, I thought, that they can do all this weird shit and still write super tuneful guitar pop as well. It might not look like it, but we're still on Beggar's Banquet here, although you'd be forgiven for thinking that we've suddenly gone all major label with another of those least fall-like things ever, the fall band photograph album cover, and it's not even Michael Pollard. I don't mind this cover at all, though. With out-of-focus man band members in the foreground, Brix's smile and MES looking down on us from his shadowy vantage point at the back. I quite like this odd stretched collision of font styles too. Simon Rogers is now out of the band proper, although he does play on the album, and alongside a returning to the fold, Grant Showbiz produces Friends. New to the band is a Marcia Schofield on keyboards from New York. Schofield's band supported the fall a few times in the US. With two US citizens in the band, Bricks at last has an ally. You remember Mr. Pharmacist from the last album? Well, it turns out that Victoria is another cover version from some band called The Kinks. I know, me neither. But that does mean that they've dropped another massive chart-conquering cover version, ascending to a very respectable 35 in the UK fab charts. As far as I can tell, only There's a Ghost in My House got higher at 30. Is anyone in the world concerned about full single chart positions? Anyway, Victoria is a massive 80s indie pop monster that I love, but a few folks seem to think it embodies all that is bad and unholy about the fall and the Brix's sway. Even MES is dismissive of it, downplaying it as, as a track released because it's hard to get hold of the original on vinyl, or something like that. I think I read that once. So what else is on here? We have sparse, strange tracks like Friends, Get a Hotel on side one, that do the odd kind of spooky thing that appeared on the last couple of albums, but in their own special way, unlike anything else in the canon. They're both pretty compelling and, well, odd. Keeping these two apart on the grooves of side one is Carrie Bagman, always one of my favourite fall tunes as a kid. That rockabilly riff, piano hammer, and an environment-troubling retail receptacle. Always carrying his lyrics and probably shopping around in a plastic bag, MES really was the carry bag man. Did I say that Victoria was the only cover on here? Well, Athlete Cured is nearly a cover. One of those fall riff steals. Spinal taps, tonight I'm gonna rock you tonight. In context, it's such an odd steal too with some crazy striking lyrics about East German athletes near poisoning from car fumes. My God, Smith writes some crazy brilliant lyrics in the 80s. Side 2 starts great, with two quite traditional indie rock songs. The catchy cool in these times, and the finger clicking the steak place. The latter is never going to be everyone's favourite fall track, but I've always been intrigued by it for some reason. I like it. Brenham Nacht 
is classic 80s riff plundering fall, possibly the most jagged riff in the history of music. It just goes on and really doesn't need to stop. It's odd the fall nicking riffs at this point because they seem to have them coming out of their ears. Or is it that all fall riff steals are for knowing comedy purposes? Only having an excerpt from Guest Informant feels very unfair and will have you diving for the Victoria 12-inch where the other B-sides, Tough Life Boogie and Twister, will also make you wonder how they didn't make the album. We round this thing out with Oswald Defence Lawyer, probably the only track here I'm not so fond of. It goes on a bit and even the lyrics don't have that intrigue and edge you've come to expect. Don't hate it, but I'd have found a way to have those Victoria B-sides on there instead. As I have alluded to, it would appear that some people don't really like this album. These people though are resolutely wrong. This is really good, odd and eclectic album that shows everything that was great about the fall in the 80s. Right, let's discuss I Am Curious with a K, Orange with a J, and Seminal Live Together. Seminal is pretty much an EP with orange outtakes, experiments, and a whole side two of straight up live material. So let's happily shove it in with orange and have done with it. It is the end of the 80s, and as we shall see, the demise of Brix's first and most important tenure with the band. This was not a normal fall album. A soundtrack to a ballet was probably exactly what you're expecting from the fall in 88. In collaboration with Michael Clark. But who is he and what's he got to do with the fall? Michael Clark is a Scottish choreographer and dancer who had been hovering around fall world for some time in the 80s. Being a fan of the band, he choreographed performances to fall songs, suggested Stephen Hanley's replacement, Simon Rogers, who's out of the band completely now, by the way, with production work on Orange rather oddly credited to Ian Brodie and MBS. Mark Smith and Bricks also appeared on Clark's fictionalised documentary, Hail the New Puritan, in 1984, as the title suggests, featuring many of his choreographed dances to fall classics in costumes that frequently expose their ass. It's brilliant transgressive stuff. The Fall and the Clark Dance Troupe would also appear on late night BBC music show, The Whistle Test, with a performance of Wonderful and Frightening's Lay of the Land. The Fall playing live behind the dancers in a way that prefigures the performances of I Am Curious Orange. That would be their first fully fledged production and collaboration. Although again, like Luciani, as far as I know, there are no full videos of performances of Curious Orange. It's crazy, but there are the odd snippet of tracks on YouTube. It's madness. The actual stage show itself was called I Am Curious with a C, Orange with a G. The title inspired by an early 70s Swedish art film called I Am Curious Yellow. So the basic theme here is about the Protestant King William III, 
William of Orange, Dutch ruler of Britain, deposer of the Catholic James II, and wager of war against Catholic France in the 1670s. If I told you we weren't going to be sticking slavishly to this theme, you wouldn't be surprised, would you? Album opener New Big Prince takes the bare bones of Hex's hit priest and rocks them up into a stew of underappreciated broth, making a great opener to the album. Early doors, we get another of those fall cover versions. But don't go running for the hills. This is one of the most surprising and best fall covers of all. Dog is life, Jerusalem. So first off, we get all this stuff about our canine friends, spat out with all the hate and bile Mark can muster. Apparently Mark wasn't a massive dog fan and a big cat lover. So he lets rip here with dogs and their owners getting it with both barrels. After which we are transported into William Brake and Sir Humphrey Parry's bleak peen to building Jerusalem in England's green and pleasant land. Dark satanic mills and all. Is Curious Orange, the title track itself, the first fall reggae foray? I'm of the opinion that all albums deserve a bad reggae tune and we are not disappointed here. Nah, it's good. Windfall's CD 2088 AD is the first track on a fall album that sounds kind of like a remix, which is an interesting thing. MES quietly mouthing Guide Me Soft as the track fades out. With the equally sparse and atmospheric Yes Oh Yes following, it makes this section of the album feel quite fragmented and downbeat but it certainly creates a sad, odd and wistful vibe that culminates in Van Play question mark. It may begin with a driving beat, but doesn't hide its trepidatious warnings of impending overseas virus. Mark's talking about AIDS. This is a quietly great fall tune and quite easy to miss between those preceding tracks. And along with the somber first section of Bad News Girl, Brixix is about her, and as their marriage would soon fall apart, it's hard to disagree. There are a few songs on 1990's Extricate that also seem to be about her. Like the previous two albums, it's not all great, but it mostly is. Okay, so I'm placing this one alongside the previous two albums in terms of overall quality, and it's a notable step down from this nation's saving grace. But aren't most things in life? All this leaves us with is the great shoehorning of Seminal Live, my second ever fall purchase. So this album marks the end of both the Bricks and Smiths relationship, time in the band and their contract with Beggar's Banquet. You can tell by the half live, half studio vibe that this is a contractual obligation album. Deadbeat and Squid Lord have already appeared on the 12th Peel session at the end of 88. Deadbeat itself was performed as part of the Curious Orange show. Odd that it didn't make the album. Probably because of that simple three note riff. It's a lot of fun and probably the first thing I learned to play on the guitar. I'll be honest, I love this mad eclectic first side with its mixture of oddball country pinball machine, brick style classics and avant experimentation in Mollusk and Tyrol 
the basis of mollusk is actually donkeys bearing cups a 1981 instrumental by future fall producer craig leon his original being the best version would have been a damn fine classic long ep this but instead we get some contemporaneous live versions of recent and old stuff on side two including a notable re-judging of pay your rates and a funny band intro by Sex Pistol bothering Bill Grundy. So that was the second half of the 80s. Overall, perhaps not as good as the first half, but still damn good.